Hallelujah. All right, so we're continuing on with our discipleship course, uh, our discipleship training, if you would, right? Yes. All right, so today we're going to be starting off with a prayer. So to remind everybody where we're going, we're going into the world of Scripture. See, Scripture is a world in and of itself. You know, and oftentimes people get their world mixed up with the world of Scripture and mm. vice versa. You know, we're just going into the world of Scripture and we're going to spend a little time there. Amen? Amen. All right. So starts off like this. Welcome to my world. Place where the natural eyes can't see, where your physical bodies can't be, where the last first verse is last, the end is told from the beginning. When it appears as though one is losing, they're actually winning. Which, where trumpets are depicted as voices and the persecuted righteous don't complain, but actually rejoice. Here, swords are likened unto the word of demons, a bird, the dead are yet alive, the living are actually dead. Blood and flesh are even depicted as wine and bread. It's a place wherein the humble are depicted as poor, and the poorer one becomes the later song be that much richer. I'm speaking of no other place but the gospel of the scripture. So please turn off your phones, perk up your ears, and get ready to listen. For the rock hopper, that shit's about to begin to Hallelujah. All right. So today we're going to get into speaking about Isaac. You know, it is said that his name means laughter, and it does. But I want you to know it also means to mock or be mocked. You know, because you can have somebody laugh with you, or you can have someone laugh at you. Amen. Yeah. You know, so his name speaks to laughter, but it can it can it has a negative connotation that accompanies it as well. So it's not all fun and games. It also can speak of being mocked and teached, you know, uh, or even persecuted, if you would. You know, and Isaac was the son of promise. And he was a man of peace, son, man. All right, so let's jump right in. We're going to start off with uh, Genesis 17 through 19. 17, 19. Uh, let me have my first reader read the passages that's on the screen. Genesis 17, 19. And Elohim said, Sarah, my wife, shall bear thee a son indeed, and thou shalt call his name Isaac. And I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and with the seed after him. Genesis 21, 1 through 3. And Yahuwah visited Sarah as he had said, and Yahuwah did unto Sarah as he had spoken. So Sarah conceived and bare Abraham, a son in his old age at the set time by which Elohim had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name of his son that was born to him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. Genesis 21.10, Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Genesis 21.12, And Elohim said unto Abraham, let it let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bondwoman. And all that Sarah has said unto thee, hearken unto her voice. For an Isaac shall thy seed be called. Hallelujah. Okay, so we started off in Genesis 17, 19. And the reason we did is because I want to I want to uh, establish and point out that Isaac was Abraham's son of promise. And so here in Genesis 17, 19, we actually have, you know, Elohim promising that he's going to give Abraham a child, you know, and that he shall call his name Isaac and that he'll establish his covenant with him for an everlasting covenant and will proceed after him. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, and then in Genesis 21, 1 through 3, we see Yah actually making good on his promise. For in verse one, it said, and Yahuwah visited Sarah as he had said, yes. you know, and it says that, you know, he did unto Sarah as he had spoken, you know, in verse um, two of, of Genesis 21 speaks about her conceiving um, and, and bearing a child, bearing Abraham a son in his old age. 
at the time in which Elohim had spoken to him. You know, so we see he was all up in the birth of Yisak. And, you know, and that's what we want to point out, that it was a promise from on high and that the one from on high, that's most high, brought about that promise. Amen. You know, and so, yes, even, you know, his name was Isaac, because even so, when even when y'all told Abraham and Sarah about it, they laughed, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, uh, when when they conceived, you know, Abraham was 99 and Sarah was 89. Now you know why they was laughing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, um, nevertheless, they had that child, like y'all said, you know, now, child is born, you know, he's been, he's, 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 you know, went through the weaning process, he's been weaned, you know, and all of a sudden there's some conflict that sprouts up, you know, and this is what Genesis 21.10 is speaking to. Um, from this conflict, Sarah will make a declaration. And that declaration was, uh, was for Abraham to cast out the bond woman and her son. For the son of that bond woman, Hagar, should not be heir with her son, even with Isaac. Now, as you can imagine, this was very upsetting to Abraham. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, Elohim bats Sarah. Mm -hmm. And so this is why we have Genesis 21, 12 here, with Elohim actually backing what Sarah said and said, let it not be grievous in thy sight because of the lad and because of thy bond woman. And all that Sarah hath said unto thee, hearken unto her voice, for in Isaac shall thy son be called. Yeah. And so here it is, we see that, you know, Elohim, you know, um, truly did back her. And as he says, in Isaac, the seed shall be called. You know, so he can't be heir with him. You know, because if he be heir with him, he's the eldest. And so that means he would get the... Uh, the greater the inheritance, you know, so he had to be got stock. Hmm. And so it was, you know, and so continuing on with, with my brother Isaac, let us consider a couple of things. Why was Isaac chosen and not Ishmael? Especially seeing that they had so many similarities. You know, they both were firstborns, they both were but the son of, um, of the same guy, you know, uh, you know, there was a lot of similarities. But that said, what are some of the significant differences which points to why Isaac was chosen over Ishmael? Isaac was promised development. Yes, yes. Isaac, Isaac was truly promised, and Ishmael was, you know. Of a fleshly desire, you know. So one was of Yah's desire, and other ones of fleshly desire. You know how? How about um, uh, what's entailed in their names? You know, for Isaac speaks to laughter or or being mocked. You know, uh, whereas Ishmael speaks to being heard of Elohim. You know. Now there's 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 a lot just in that, you know what I'm saying? You know, uh you know, and it's a big lesson in, in, in this, you know, um, you know, because there's a lot of people, you know, that are like Ishmael and they're hearing from Elohim. Mm. But just because you're hearing from Elohim doesn't mean you're chosen. Right. Yeah. You know, for Ishmael also was heard of Elohim. You know, and you know, but Isaac, the one who was mocked because of Elohim, and the one who was made made um to bring about laughter because of Elohim, was the one that was chosen, not simply the one who was hearing of Elohim or whom Elohim heard. Amen. Amen. You know. You know, so, you know, this speaks to the character, you know, um, authority and reputation of each one. You know, mm -hmm. Isaac had a character, 
being that was that was constantly being mocked or you know or that would bring joy you know versus ishmael his character was that which caused him to hear from elohim or to be heard of elohim and we know which one y'all chose you know now that's considered Genesis 16, 12 as well, you know, as far as the character go. That's um, considered the character of Isaac versus the character of Ishmael. So in Genesis 16, 12, we see it says, his hand will be against every man. Speaking of Ishmael, his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand will be against him. So we can see here that he has a character of opposition. A character of opposition, you know, he's against everyone and everyone's against him. Can you see the opposition in that? You know, now, also, let us consider that he was an archer, you know, which likely made him a hunter. In other words, he killed for a living. You know, in order you know, for him to eat, because a hunter, in order for them to eat, to eat, they got to kill. Okay. Amen? Okay. You know, so he killed for a living. You know, he was an archer. You know, also let us consider verse 21. It says, and he dwelt in the wilderness of Paran. So he dwelt in the wilderness. So he didn't dwell in the land. He dwelt in the wilderness. And so he, he didn't even dwell in the promised land. He dwelt in the wilderness. And his mother took a wife out of the land of Misraim. His wife came from out of Misraim. Anybody remember what Misraim represents? The kingdom of Elohim. It, it, it does, it does, it means double straits, you know. Uh, yeah, reference binding, but that's not what I'm looking letter. for. The letter of the word. The letter of the word, absolutely. Love that kid. Uh, yeah, it speaks to the letter of the word. It speaks to knowledge in general. You know, so you know, it speaks to knowledge in general. So that would include your algebra, your your arithmetic, your English, you, you know, your your history. You know, so on and so forth. Knowledge in general, in addition to the letter of the word. So you know. So, yeah. So this is where his wife came from. Now, when, I, when we pit his character against Isaac's, we find that Isaac, his wife came from the land of his fathers. Yeah. So that said, it actually speaks to him taking a wife that have the same principles and concerns that his fathers had you know and so versus you know uh ishmael who took a wife who had different principles you know um than what his father had you know because it came from a different land so a different principle different customs and manners you know whereas uh isaac's wife had the same principles customs and manners you know, that was that was instilled into Abraham's family, which is likely what caused him to get chosen to begin with. You know, so also consider in Genesis 26, 31 concerning Isaac, it said they rose up the times in the morning and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away and departed from him and they departed from him in peace. So hereby we see Isaac was a man of peace. Mm -hmm. Versus Ishmael being a man of opposition, and so that's a that's a, you know that's a pretty big pretty big difference. You know, you have a man of peace versus a man of opposition. You have a man who's married to knowledge and understanding versus a man that's you know that's married to a particular truth, particular you know uh, principles, customs, and manners. And then we have you know, where Isaac lives. He dwelt in the South Country. 
you know, so whereas Ishmael dwelt in the wilderness of Paran, the wilderness represents a dark and cold place, you know, um, Yah's a consuming fire, so, you know, uh, he, he never gets cold. Hmm. And Yah is light, and within him there is no darkness, so he never gets dark. You know, so you can kind of see the, the contrast with where Ishmael is living versus Isaac, who's living in the South Country. The South Country is where the most sun is, you know, and so, you know, it represents the uh it represents the part of the land that has the most yeah because mm -hmm. it has the most light amen mm -hmm. you know and so you can see a pretty stark contrast between the characters of the two you know being presented in scripture and it, it doesn't make it you know so hard to understand why Isaac was chosen. Then also we have Genesis 24, 63, which says, and Isaac went out to meditate in the field. You know, so he was actually meditating in that South country. He was meditating in that place where Yah was, was, uh, was at most, you know, that place that was saturated with his light, that is with his wisdom understanding his wisdom understanding the knowledge you know this is where he dwelt this is where what where he where he meditated you know at and it speaks of being meditate meditating in the field you know and that word field uh i believe that's sade um and it, it speak to like the ecclesia you know, the um uh the church, you know, Yah's singled out people, but uh or called out people, you know. But this is where he was meditating. So, you know, and just just so that you understand, like the uh the South Country in and of itself, you know, the um the land of of well, I think that's coming up. I think I'm getting ahead of myself. So I'll slow. Never mind that. All right, so we'll, we'll, we'll keep them up. All right, then we have Genesis 16, 16. And it speaks about Abram being four score and six, year old, six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abram. You know, and so four score is, of course, 80. And the number 80 speak, speaks to, you know, you have a number eight that speaks to new birth, new beginnings. And then you have uh, the number 10, you know, which speaks to the fullness of something or full maturity. And so here it is, you see someone who's fully born again, you know, when they're 80 and six years old, the six speaks to, to man or, you know, fleshly man, you know, in the works of man, you know, so you see someone who's been born again, but yet they're still fleshly and still doing the fleshly works of man, you know, and this is where Abram was when he had Hagar, I mean, I'm sorry, when he got with <laughs> Hagar and had Ishmael, you know, versus uh, him being 90, he was 90 years old when he was circumcised in the flesh and Ishmael, his son was 13 years old, mm -hmm. you know, and the, the number nine, you know, represents an upright man. So he was, he was upright. You know, he was spiritually complete. He was upright. And when he actually entered into covenant with Elohim, that's a awesome time to enter into covenant with Elohim when you're upright. I mean, you know, now versus Ishmael, he was 13 years old when he was circumcised or when he entered into covenant with Elohim. And a 13 is the number of rebellion. Mm -hmm. And so you can see when he entered into covenant with Elohim, he was in rebellion. You know, it's a beautiful picture of what we see with Israel coming out of uh, Mitzrayim, if you think about it. You know, and 
if you think about that story about them going through the wilderness, you see how they had trouble getting their past experiences out of their head. And they kept getting them in trouble. Oh, I remember when we had the leaks and the cucumbers and, and you know, and, and how good they were. And, you know, can, we, we used to have meat to the field. Can we get some meat? Is, is y'all able to provide uh, a table of meat for us people? Mm. You know, and so, you know, these things got them in trouble. I right, mean, mm. you know, it's because of those past experiences before they enter into covenant, you know. And so this is what kind of what we see with Ishmael. He entered into covenant when he was 13, you know, um, during this time, time of, uh, of rebellion. And verse 26 says in the self same day, Abraham was circumcised. You know, but when it comes to Isaac, it says Abraham <laughs> circumcised his son Isaac being eight days old. And again, eight speaks the new birth and new beginning. So we have one that is just born and then turn around and is reborn. So in other words, you know, Isaac is a perfect example of those that we see in the wilderness that was born in the wilderness. They was born after Israel had entered into covenant with, with Elohim. And so as a result, they grew up in the covenant of Elohim. They were never, there was never a time that they could remember when they were not in covenant with Elohim. So there was never a time in which they could remember that they did not adhere to his commandments, uh, statutes, and ordinances. Can you see that? Mm -hmm. They grew up in Yah from the very beginning. So they didn't have any, any rebellion or any past ideologies to get rid of. All they knew was Yah's real way and purposes. Amen? So it was easier for them, you know, to walk therein because that's all they knew. They didn't have nothing to contrast it against. You know, so... Also consider that Abraham was a hundred years old when Isaac was born. You know, so uh, whereas, whereas with Ishmael, he had been born again, but he was still kind of fleshly, you know, being 80 and six, you know, he was a hundred, meaning he was fully mature. He was one with Elohim when Isaac was born. You know, and Genesis 22, 2 says, and he said, take now thy son, thy only son, Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him therefore burnt offering. Now, the land of Moriah speaks to um, seeing of Yah or what Yah sees, or you can even say understanding of Yah. Because what to see is to understand, you see, you know, and so um, if you if you can get a glimpse of that, you can see that, you know, Abraham was told to, was told to take him to a place of understanding and offer them him as a burnt offering. You know, and so this is what he did, you know, and so Isaac was a, uh, a type of burnt offering. And a burnt offering is an offering that is wholly consumed by Yah. Not H-O-L-Y, but W-H-O-L-L-Y. Holy, 100%. And you see that in that he was covenanted with Elohim from eight days old. So literally, his complete life was in Yah. And Yah's a consuming fire. Can you see the sacrifice? Mm -hmm. You put anything in a consuming fire, it's going to consume it. Can you see the sacrifice? Mm -hmm. This is this is was a spiritual altar, in other words. You know, and so you can see, you know, this beautiful picture of him being a living sacrifice unto Yah. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, so I pray you can see that. 
All right, then we have Genesis 25, 19 through 26. Can I have my next reader read Genesis 25, 19 through 26, please? And these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son, Abraham begat Isaac. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Padanaram, the sister of Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated Yahuwah for his wife because she was barren, and Yahuwah was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of Yahuwah. And Yahuwah said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two barren people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and they called his name Yaakov. And Isaac was three score years old when she buried him. Hallelujah. Okay, so Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebecca to wife. So what does this tell us? Number 40 tells us that, you know, he didn't take a wife until after his trials. Because mm. 40 is the number that represents trials and tribulations, you know, trials, you know. Um, and so Isaac went through his trials prior to marrying Rebecca, his wife. You know, so that's one of the things to keep in mind about Isaac. You know, he has to go through his trials before he can, he can get hitched. You know, and when he get hitched, his wife becomes well, she's barren. She don't become barren, she's barren. You know, um, and so he would have to pray for her. And in praying for her, he would be entreated of Yah, you know, and his wife would finally conceive. Now we can see that she was barren for 20 years. Mm -hmm. Say a lot. Mm -hmm. 20 years. And when she did get pregnant, verse 22 says the children struggled together within her. And she like, man, you know, this is supposed to be a blessing. If it be so, why am I why am I thus? You know, I gotta pray about this myself. So she inquires of Yah, and he tells her, There's two nations in thy womb. Mm -hmm. Two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. One people shall be stronger than the other people. And the elder shall serve the young. Now, a lot of people make the assumption that the younger is the stronger because the elder serves the younger. But that's not necessarily so, say a lot. You know, but what I want to point out is that there's two nations in her womb, you know, and two manner of people, you know, and when you look at, when you contrast, you know, these two, you know, the two that would come out of her womb, you can see they truly were two manner of people, two totally different types of people, you know, and it says when her days were to be filled, there was twins in her womb, you know, the first one that came out was Esau. You know, and the second one, of course, was Yaakov. You know, now it says that Isaac was three score years old when she buried him. Mm -hmm. So, in other words, he was still in his flesh. He was still in his flesh and he was still doing the works of the flesh when he buried him. Mm -hmm. And hence, one came out fleshly and the other one came out. That was a bit different. We're not on them, so we're not going to get into that. Mm -hmm. Genesis 26, 1 says, and there was famine in the land. Mm -hmm. Besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham, and Isaac went unto Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, unto Gerah. There was a famine in the land. What does this represent? What does this tell us? Hunger for words. Yeah. Hunger for the word. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, there's a hunger for the word. 
there's a hunger for the word of Elohim. You know, there is a famine in the land. We are going to have times where there's a famine in the land where we're going to be going through a situation, a circumstance in which we're not going to know how it applies to the word. Hence, we'll have a famine in the land because we all live in a type of land, I mean. Yes. You know, sometimes there's a famine in the land. And sometimes, you know, we need a word. And so sometimes you have to go beyond the land that you're in in order to get that word. Amen. Okay. Right. You know, and so this is what was being depicted here, you know, by a famine being in the land. And so, you know, Isaac went unto Abimelech, king of the Philistines, mm. you know, uh, unto Gerah. Gerah speaks to, it can speak to a lodging place. It can speak to um, bringing up the cud. Dragging off roughly, you know, and in verse two, Genesis 26, two, it says, and Yahuwah appeared unto him and said, go not down into Mitzrayim, mm -hmm. dwell in the land, mm -hmm. which I should tell thee of. Mm -hmm. Then he go on to say, sojourn in this land and I will be with thee and blessed thee. For unto thee and unto thy seed, I will give all these countries. I will perform the oath which I swear to Abraham thy father. Mm -hmm. And I will make thy seed to multiply as the stars of heaven. And will give unto thy seed these countries. And get this. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. Yeah. He didn't say just the nations that will come from him. He said, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in his seed. Amen? Yeah. Why? Why is he going to do this? Verse 5. Because that Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments, my statutes, and my Torah. Mm. This word laws, translated as laws in your KJV, is number 8451, and it is Torah. Mm -hmm. Abraham kept Torah as well, mm -hmm. according to scripture. Mm -hmm. um, now, a few things I want to point out. First of all, we see that Isaac is told not to go down into Mitzrayim. Why do you think that is? Because it's a tough promise. What does that have to do with going to Miss Ryan? Why go get fleshly right? advice and counsel? Well, it's also the letter of the word there. Letter of the word. Letter of the word is good for something, right? But isn't it a spiritual promise? Well, yeah, he is. But, you know, so why, why can't he go to Egypt, though, to get some of that word that's over there? <laughs> his daddy went there. Well, we know that. It just told us that, you know. <laughs> you know, why can't he go to go to Egypt? You know, uh, Brother Josh is on the right track, though. You know, because he represents that inner person. See, Isaac, Abraham represented the flesh person. Mm -hmm. Isaac represents the spiritual person. Isaac is the son of promise. Mm -hmm. He's the spiritual son. In other words, another word for spiritual is inner. He's the inner son. Now this inner son is never to leave the land. Mm -hmm. And this is why when you look at the story of Isaac, you find that he never leaves the land. Right. He never leaves the land of Canaan. He never leaves the kingdom of Elohim. Hmm. Where is the kingdom of Elohim? Okay. It's within you. Isaac never leaves the land. Can you see that? You know, and so this is huge in understanding Isaac and what he represents. You know, he can't go to Egypt because he's 
represents the inner man. So he can't go outside of his land. Just like your inner man can't, can't go outside of your body. Because he's the inner man, not the out. Everybody with me? Mm -hmm. So this is why Yah says, sojourn in this land and I will be with you. Mm -hmm. And we'll bless you. Yeah. You know, and that's a really important thing because, you know, when Yahshua came, his apostles were likened unto whom? Somebody please help me out. Isaac. Isaac. His apostles was likened unto Isaac. Hence they were called the children of promise. Amen. He was the first amongst many brethren. Yeah. Amen. Amen. They likened unto Isaac. See, this is why I always tell people that the brick out of shot the New Testament is all about the inner man. It's all about the inner man. You know, and he's been blessed with all this because of Abraham. You know, who spawned Ishmael? Abraham. Very good. Who spawned Isaac? Abraham. 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 You know, everybody looks at that as the same. Mm -hmm. It's not. Abram comes from, I'm sorry, uh, Ishmael comes from Abram and Hagar. Yeah. A man whose origins was outside of the land. Yeah. Outside of the kingdom of Elohim. A woman whose origins was outside of the kingdom of Elohim. But Isaac comes from a man that was born in the kingdom of Elohim. Or maybe I should say reborn in the kingdom of Elohim. And a woman that was reborn in the kingdom of Elohim and brought forth a child that was born in the kingdom of Elohim and would never leave the kingdom of Elohim. See the difference? Yeah. That's a big difference, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. Now you can start to see why Isaac is the one chosen. And if you can see why Isaac is the one chosen, you should be able to also see the differences between Isaac and Ishmael. Because there's a lot of similarities. But there's a lot of differences. And those differences... You know, is is where we learn the most from. You know, so we're starting to see a picture form of Isaac that's totally different from Ishmael. Much more in relation to Yah. Mm -hmm. Even though Yah was working in both of their lives. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you see this with people out here today that's in Yah. You see people who are out here today who are walking in the flesh and they're hearing from Elohim. And Elohim is hearing from them. And they think that they're the whole hill of beans, the whole enchilada. <laughs> When it's not about them, they're not going to be the ones chosen. There's going, they're going to be the ones that's cast off. Mm -hmm. It's about the one who's born in the kingdom of Elohim. It's about that inner man that never leaves the kingdom of Elohim. It's about that inner man that doesn't know anything but the kingdom of Elohim. Mm -hmm. Genesis 26, 12 through 15. Then Isaac sold in that land and received in the same year an hundredfold, mm -hmm. and Yahuwah blessed him. Mm -hmm. Remember the parable Yahshua gave? 
Yep. About the seed, sowing the seed, and some received 30 fold, 60 fold, 100 fold. Yes. Well, guess what kind of um, ground Isaac was? 100. He, he was the best ground you, you can get. He received 100 fold. That's one that's fathered from above. You know, into the kingdom of Elohim and never leaves the kingdom of Elohim. And it says, the man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. And he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and great store of servants. And the Philistines envied him. You know, he was living in the land of the Philistines. You know, the land of the Philistines, you know, speaks to a land of doctrines. You know, even as even as we see that, um, even as we see that that Mitzrayim speaks to a land of knowledge, and when it comes to the word, it speaks to um, more so the letter of the word. You know, the land of the Philistines, in like manner, speaks to doctrines. You know, and so doctrines of the word. Mm -hmm. You know, they were in the in the South Country, you know, so they had a type of wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, you know, and they had doctrines that stemmed from that, you know. But what type of people were the Philistines? Any, anyone, anyone re, uh, recall what Philistines represent? Faith without works, and and what kind of people were they in in general? They were immigrants. Immigrants. Philistine means immigrant. So they were not the indigenous people to the kingdom of Elohim to begin with. They were immigrants. They had migrated there. You know, and they were allowed to stay there for a while, but now Yah is giving them a big shoe. You know, or he would give them a big shoe. Right? Yep. You know, and so here it is. It says the Philistines envied him. When you get this thing right and you walk in, in that inner man, that inner man is walking within you, and that inner man is leading and guiding you, you know, and not that outer man. But when that inner man, then the Philistines, they will begin to envy you as well, you know, and these Philistines, what were they doing? Verse 15, it says, For all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father, the Philistines had stopped them up and filled them with earth. Whoa. Mm -hmm. So, now, as you're going to see, there's a lot of wells over in this south country. Mm -hmm. What does wells represent? These wells represents teachings and instructions. Yeah. You know, let us consider Proverbs 10, 11. It says, the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence cover up the mouth of the wicked. You know, the mouth of a righteous man is a well of life because he's going to tell you how to be righteous. He's going to give you the teachings and instructions that will bring about righteousness, which will bring about life. Um, also consider... Second Kephas or Second Peter 2, 17 and 18, it says, speaking about these folks that had crept in into the fold unawares, it says, these are wells without water. Hmm. You know, so here it is. They're deep. You know, you ever you ever heard some somebody that's deep, like, oh, they said something deep right there. That was deep. Hmm. They wells without water. <laughs> the water represents truth. So they have some deep sayings. They just not true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. You know, it says there are clouds that are carried with a tempest to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. Mm -hmm. It says, for when they speak great swelling words of vanity, see, their words don't have no water because they're whales. You know, see, a person is like a whale because, you know, you know, the words come from down here. Your wind, you know, uh, well, when you breathe properly anyway, you know, um, 
when you breathe from your diaphragm, your words come from down here. You know, and this is why, you know, Yahshua said, you know, those who partake of him, you know, um, his Ruach will come on, they become wells of living waters, you know, speaking about the words that will bubble up and out their mouths, you know, but these are wells without water. And when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh and through much one times. Those that were clean escape from them to who live in air. You know, so, you know, this is what they do. They teach words of vanity. They teach words that allure through the flesh and through much wantonness or lasciviousness, mm -hmm. you know. And so you have to be careful of these type of individuals, of these wells without water, these righteous people without righteousness, mm -hmm. you know. So, and what they do is they go to the true wells mm. and they fill them up with earth. Mm. Well, what is this word earth? This word earth is afar. It's number 6083. And it speaks to dust. Mm. You know, it's the same dust that y'all formed man out of. You know, now this dust speaks to the topsoil. Uh, which was made fine and dry via the sun and the wind. That is to say, via Yah and his Ruach. You know, because the sun is the light. Yah is light. Mm -hmm. The wind is his Ruach. And, of course, you know, uh, his Ruach is wind. Now, I want you to see that they're filling up these wells that Abraham had digged in his day. So in other words, the teachings and instructions that Abraham had put forth back in his days are being covered up. What are they being covered up with? They're being covered up or filled up with Yah and his Ruach. Yeah, I know that sounds strange, right? Yeah. yeah. The truth is being covered up with Yah and his Ruach. Well, I don't understand, Pastor. How does, how does that look? Mm -hmm. Well, it looks like this. It looks like all you have to do is say these few words and, you know, receive Yah in your heart and confess with your mouth that he is out and I. And his Ruach will come and do the rest. But it covers up the teachings and instructions that was given to Abraham. The teachings and instructions that Abraham was, was, uh, was teaching. Well, what was Abraham doing? Torah. Genesis 26.5 says, Abraham obeyed my voice, kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, my Torah. But you have many that would tell you hmm. that his Torah is done away with. It's covered up. Hmm. It's old. It's at the bottom of that well. Hmm. That well is filled up now. What is it filled up with? Well, it's filled up with good stuff. It's filled up with Yah and, and with his Ruach. Hmm. But you still can't get to the truth. All right. You have Yah and the Ruach covering up the truth. You know, because that's not the right Ruach. You know, and, you know, you can't, you can't cover up the way. Because what Abraham was teaching was the way that in which he had came. Mm -hmm. And this is the way of Yahuwah. This is the very same way that Yah spoke of him teaching his family. And this is why he told him what he was going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah. You know, because he knew he was going to teach his family the way of Yahuwah, mm -hmm. which was the way of Torah. You know, but here it is, you have these wells that's being plugged up with earth. Plugged up with Yah and Ruach to the point to where it's, it's, it's separating the truth 
And that's the problem. Of course, there's nothing wrong with Yah and his Ruach. But when you put it in a way where it covers the truth, then that's a problem. See, you have to understand, like, there's other Elohim out here. And so you have a lot of other religions that, that worship a lot of other gods. And so, you know, yeah, those those are the ones that's easy to, to bypass when you when you believe in Yah. Mm -hmm. And so you're easy, you're you're easy to buy to get up, get past their doctrines because they're about a whole nother God and a whole nother spirit. But when you come into the kingdom of Elohim, and one is talking about the same L that you're serving, and one is talking about the same spirit that you're hoping to have. But they're using it in a way to cover up the truth. Mm -hmm. Now you're on a slippery slope. Mm -hmm. Can you see that? Sure. You see, that's why the Philistines are so dangerous. And this is why you see them keep occurring over and over again as enemies to Yah's people. Yeah. And they were a very formidable foe. You know, and you find them all the way through to the end, pretty much. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wanted to uh, bring this out because you need to understand what a well is. Mm -hmm. And you need to understand what they're filling them up with. Mm -hmm. You know, and so here it is, Isaac, they're going around and they're redigging them. Oh, they're redigging them. Mm -hmm. In other words, they're returning to the ancient paths. As Yahu 16, 6, 16 says, thus saith, says Yahuwah, stand by the ways and see and ask for the ancient paths. Hello, wells, where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your soul. See, but just like those wells, the ancient paths have been covered up. Now, they haven't been covered with things that are not of Yah. They've been covered with things of Yah. Mm. And that's the slippery slope we find ourselves standing on today. But we have to dig the earth out of these wells, and we have to get back to that water. We got to get back to that water in which Abraham was drinking of. We want to drink of that same water that the father of our faith drank of. Amen? So we have to return to the ancient past. And this is what we're seeing, you know, portrayed here in the story of Isaac. They are getting the things out the way, even the Yah and his Ruach, that is upon the truth out the way so that they can get to those waters yeah. that Abraham drank of. Yes. Let me have my next reader read Genesis 26, 16 through 23. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. And Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelled there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley. And found there a well of spring water, springing, springing water. And the herdsmen of Gerar did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. <laughs> and he called the name of the well Essek, Esser, uh, because they stole with him. And they digged another well and stole for that also. And the name, and he called the name of it. <laughs> Sitna. 
sitting on, sitting on. And he removed from thence and digged another well. And for that, they stole not. And he called the name of it Jehovah. And he said, from now, Yahuwah has made room for us, and he had, and he, and we shall be fruitful in the in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. All right. So, verse sixteen says, Abimelech said unto Isaac, "Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we." Hmm. You know, and when you go up into when you go up into the land of where those who have faith with our works and you start <laughs> you start giving them some of the water that we have <laughs> when you get down to that to that Abraham's water and you start drinking of that and you start sharing that water they're going to run you away from you they're going to run you away say we're going to need you to go from us thou are much mightier than we you know and so they're going to feel intimidated and they're going to ask you to go. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Because it tells us Isaac departed, pitched his tent in the valley of, of Gerah, you know, the lodging place. He dwelt there. And then he digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham, his father. Mm -hmm. For the Philistines had stopped him up after the death of Abraham, mm. you know, and he called their names after their names which his father had called him. In other words, he characterized the doctrines with the same character that they originally had. Mm. So the teachings and instructions had the same character that they had. Mm. You know, and so that's important, you know, because people, you know, can take things and recharacterize it and it won't be the same. Mm -hmm. You know, and it messed it all up. Verse 19 said, And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. Mm -hmm. You know, and so of course that, that speaks to um to good things, truth, good counsel, you know, and the herd men of Garai, they wanted it. Mm -hmm. They came and said, nah, no, nah, that's 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 ours. That's our truth. You know, I've had that happen a few times. It's all right. Mm -hmm. You know, and so he called it a set. A strike. Because they strove with him. Yeah. You know, so he let them have it. You know, okay, you want you want that, you want that little truth. You know, I you know, I have unlimited truth. So, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not worried about that little truth. You know, we're gonna go dig another well. So they go dig another well. Well, you know, and what they call it sitting out. Now, sitting out means opposition or accusation, you know, and um, I'm leaning more so with the accusation, you know, because, you know, usually after the strife, you know, comes the accusations, mm. you know, the enemy start wanting to accuse you of stuff, mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, they can't, they can't overcome you with the strife if you can stand your own, then they start accusing you of stuff. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, take a page from the book of Isaac. Mm. He don't, he don't, he don't strive with him. Mm. You know, he keep it moving. Okay, you want this truth too? Okay, you can have that too. Because, like I said, I have unlimited truth. Mm. It was Yah's the source of my truth. That's right. He unlimited. Mm. You know, so they removed from there. And guess what? They did another one. Now remember, they in the they in the wilderness. Now you know <laughs> they they in the desert. You know, they they in a place where water is hard to find, yeah. but yet they keep coming up with all these wells. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's miraculous in and of itself. Yeah. You know, the land that they live in, you know, it's not a whole lot of wells. You know, but yet Yah is blessing. See, that's what, that's what I want you to see, that Yah is behind these wells. You know, he's giving that truth. You know, and so they call it, this next one, they call it railboat which means roomings, you know? And he says, but Yah has now made room for us. Hmm. And so they was good with that one, you know? And they was, they was able to keep that, you know? And then they went from there and they went to Beersheba or Beersheba, 
you know, which are, you know, many uh many references will say well of the oak. You know, but it literally means well of the seven. <laughs> I like the seven. <laughs> the reason I like the seven is because what seven represents. Re seven can represent an oath or a covenant, but it also can represent holiness. And I just like the ring of a well of holiness, <laughs> especially when we're talking about a well representing teachings and instructions. So now you see them, they're going up and they're going to live with the teachings and instructions of holiness. Oh, hallelujah. That is Yasum right there. That is a Yasum picture that gets covered up because somebody want to call it the well of the oak. Well, I'm not going to let it happen today. We're going to call it by what it literally says. And that's well of the seven. Hallelujah. And seven speaks to holiness. Because if you, Isaac, if you that inner man, you want to dwell next to the well of Holiness. Yeah. You want to dwell with the teachings and instructions of holiness. Amen. Yeah. Hallelujah. Oh. That's good stuff. I get a little excited. Yeah. All right. Let me have my next reader read Genesis 26, 26 through 33. Then Abimelech, um, Abimelech went to him from Gerar and Ahuzah, possession, one of his friends, and Pico, mouth of all. Oh, the chief captain of his army. And Isaac said unto them, Wherefore come ye to me, seeing ye hate me, and have sent me away from you? And they said, We saw certainly that Yahuwah was with thee. And he and we said, Let there be now an oath betwixt us, between, excuse me, even betwixt us and thee, and let us make a covenant with thee that thou wilt do us no hurt, as we are not touched thee, and as we have done unto thee nothing but good, and have sent thee away in peace. Thou art now the blessing of Yahuwah. And he made them a feast, and they did eat and drink. And they rose up bedtimes, betimes, in the morning, and swear one to another. And Isaac sent them away, and they departed from him in peace. And it came to pass the same day that Isaac's servants came and told him concerning the well which they had digged and said unto him, We have found water. And he called it Sheba. Therefore, the name of the city is Beersheba until this day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we see here, Abimelech, he going up from Gerar and, you know, he goes to Ahuzah. You know, which speaks to possession, you know, and one of his, uh, Abimelech goes up from Gerar to, um, and Ahuzah, which speaks to possession of one who seizes, you know, and Phicol, which speaks to a mouth of all or the speaker of all, or the chief speaker, if you would, and the chief captain, the chief captain of his army. And he says, you know, <clears throat> Isaac tell, asked him, well, you know, what you here for? You know, you already sent me away. You know, you know, sent me away. Why, you know, why are you here? Why are you coming coming over here? And, and he said, well, you know, we want to, we want to make a covenant with you. You know, we want to, we want to make peace. You know, you know, we see that Yah is with you and you're doing great, you know, and we don't want no trouble. You know, we just want you to treat us the same way we treated y'all. You know, with, you know, without, you know, without touching, you just, you know, have some peace, you know. And so Isaac, you know, agrees to this, you know. And what I want you to see is that this inner man is not to be warring with those who have faith, but no works. The people who have faith without works are not our enemy. They're not Isaac's enemy. Can you see that? Yeah. You know, at least not at this point. They may become mm -hmm. later on down the line, but not at this point. And they're not the enemy. He, he makes he makes a covenant with them. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, once they get some of our water, you know, they may uh they may have a change of heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they just you know they they water not as sweet as ours. You know, and so you know he makes this this covenant with them. You know, and so you know uh and it says. You know, that 
he dwells over here by Beersheba, you know, and that's just beautiful. You know, he dwells at teachings and instructions of holiness, you know, and he even calls, makes a city there and calls the city Beersheba. Mm. You know, and so that's just a beautiful picture, you know, um, that's that's always been there for folks to see, but a lot of people don't see it. So, you know, I, I felt it necessary to try to bring it out best I could. You know, then we have Genesis 27, 1, it says, and it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his, his eldest, his eldest son. You know, and so the reason that I, I put this here is because I want you to know that according to scripture, there comes a time when that inner man gets old. Yeah. There comes a time when he can't see. Hmm. That is when he lacks understanding. You know, and we see when people get old, they begin to lose their mind at times. You know, and so they truly do began to not be able to see their eyes become dim, you know, and it's always a sad occasion. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, you know, we see that this is depicted, you know, in scripture, you know, so, you know, I just wanted uh, everybody to have a picture of who Isaac um, is and what he represents, mm -hmm. you know, because he's a very important um, aspect of, of scripture and he doesn't really get the notoriety, you know, that he should, mm -hmm. you know, you hardly ever hear anyone speak of Isaac. You hear a lot about Abraham, you hear a lot about Jake, Jacob, you know, but you don't hear too much about Isaac. Well, I pray that you've enjoyed hearing about Isaac. Like That's all I have for you. Yeah. 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 Thank you.